rocking and a rolling, rocking and a rolling. Bar Barbara Ann. Barbara Ray, Barbara Ray. Is it Baba yeah. Ran or Barbara Ann? It's Barbara, Barbara Ann. But when you, Barbara you, know, you got to get those words out, you got to kind of, it's like making a startup in the electronic age. You, know, you got to get to yeah. some letters. Move all those, all those. Barbara Ann becomes Baba Ann. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 282 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm a ghost inside of a skeleton. I'm Sam, and I'm wearing a sweater today. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is October 23. Spooktober. 20 Blundy. Spooktober 23. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Spooktober 23, 20 Blundy. Before we get started, we have a warning. There's going to be swears in this podcast. We'd also like to thank our recurring supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. If you'd like to support the podcast, go over there and we'll grab your money. Mm-hmm. Let's talk to about To be clear, life. you don't grab our money from there. That's, it goes the, it goes the Oh, yeah. Way. We're grabbing your money. Yeah, we probably should have it's specified a, in the URL. It should, should have been called like, we, we grab, grab your money. Your money. Yeah. It's like that we buy houses signs you see all over the place. Yeah, we buy ugly houses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you we give all us know your money.bscotch.net. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we all know that uh, you know making games—that's not where the, that's not where the money is. The podcasting—that's where the money is. Ooh, yeah, we we started this podcast as a money grab, and uh, we, you know it's going to stay that way. Just greedy but, dips but, all the way yeah, down. But ironically, though, uh, in the same way that that you might have been confused about which way the money grab was going. This whole time, we thought that it was a money grab with the podcast, but it turns out the podcast has been grabbing our money. Is what's that's actually true. happening. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is, I mean, it is a money grab. So someone's, someone's grabbing someone's, someone's money grabbing someone's and it's, money. it's become very confusing. Yeah. There's a whole micro economy uh, going on here, frankly. Too many interactions. Yeah. I can't keep track it's a, of it's a, it's a real ecosystem. Uh, let's talk about life. I want to talk about off book, the improvised musical podcast. What yeah. is that? Okay. So Adam recommended this to me. So I'll let him do the honors of explaining what this thing yeah, is. It's a, uh, it's musical improv, which is a thing that I knew existed but have never intentionally listened to because as as the people who do this podcast say themselves, when it goes bad, it goes really bad. The, the level of skill required for improv to not be shit is very high. The level of skill yep. required for musical improv is like 100x that, 1,000x, mm-hmm. I don't know. Totally. Uh, way, 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 way higher. And uh, so I've just basically never listened to this kind of a thing, but but I heard I heard these two – people, it's Zach and Jess. I heard these two people on somebody else's podcast. They were really fucking hilarious. They were just like so quick, you know, from an improv standpoint. Uh, then I was like, oh, I'll go check this thing out, this this uh, this podcast they do. And it is the most unadulterated joy that I've heard people have, <laughs> you know? And uh, so so it started from the current end and I started from the, like the original, or the, the, the yeah. very beginning, uh, which it sounds like because of the COVID stuff and them trying to do things remotely, there's a little bit of jank these days. So maybe it's start. clearly been harder for them to come up with uh, well synchronized musical yeah. numbers on the fly with a half second lag over Zoom. Oh. Yeah, I'm amazed they're even still trying to do it. That's, that's yeah, that's hard. D- honestly, though, it's still good. Well, and yeah, it's still, it's thing, still yeah. like a hundred times better than anybody than else yeah. could ever do. Yeah, so. they're just they're just really good. And it, it, it's like it's dumb, you know, it's dumb humor, but uh but it is so just delightful and fun. Uh they have they have a different guest on every episode. The the one 
that I listened to, I was listening to one a couple of days, or I've been listening to him every day, but but the one I listened to a couple of days ago was with uh, what's her name? I can't remember what her name is, but the the woman who played Elphaba in the in the original Wicked. Um, oh, oh shit! I didn't, I didn't okay. know that that's who it was, but I was just like this this. She was on here, and she was so good. I was like her say, she's singing got pipes, yeah. Oh my god, Oof. she was amazing. But then also so so quick, like both as a because they, they basically put on a, an hour long fake musical, completely improvised every episode. It's a different musical each yep. time. It starts off with them talking to their guest about stuff, and they take a piece of that and turn it as the root of this you know fake mm. musical, right? Well, the great and, the great part about it is they have a they have a piano player, right? Yeah, who's, who's also who, improvising. Who, Who's also improvising music, and what'll happen is at the start of each episode, they'll just be talking about life. Yeah, and then the music what's going starts. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the piano player just starts playing, and then they have to quickly figure out, like, based on what they were just in the middle of a conversation about, how to turn that into a song with some characters mm-hmm. singing about, you know, the thing, uh, and then it just kind of spirals out of control from there. Yeah, so, and their guests uh, are like always really interesting, high-profile people who who are sometimes. Not as good as them. Mostly, actually, not as good as the two. Sometimes they're like even better. So, like, so again, this the, this person from Wicked, she was just so good, and it was like to, to the point where I was like, "What is even happening? Like, how? How? <laughs> you know?" Because like, because the quality of her singing was so good, and she was immediately creating interesting like things with the other two uh, at just like such a high skill level. But but on top of that, was so quick with the improv stuff, like the storytelling aspect of it. You know, that it sounded like. And all the like a lot of these episodes in general sound like they were carefully constructed ahead of time, right? Because uh, like they're that good, but they do go off the rails enough that you're like, okay, I know this is actually a problem. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it is, it is very fun. So highly recommend. Yeah, that. there is a one hour uh, sort of live one that uh, that is on YouTube as well. So if you look at off the book, off the book, uh, off, off book, off book. Sorry, off book musical. Yeah. Um, there is there's one that you can watch too if it's more if you want to have the the visual yeah. side of things too. Uh, of course, they just they just swap like they're just standing there and like they're kind of in front of a crowd and stuff. But it adds a bit of a it adds a bit more of a I think having that crowd interaction thing going on is also kind of music. So I, I think one of the interesting things about it is that is that the one of the things that's so that I think makes it compelling is the fact that it's improv that you know that yeah. you know what I mean like. Because yep. you actually you're just sort of like impressed the whole time, even if yeah, the songs yeah. aren't that good or like yeah. something like it's, you're just kind of impressed. And so as a result, the whole thing is elevated in yeah. a hilarious yep. kind of way because of how like, hard it is. Yeah, yeah. Because like, you're you're understanding like it's when it's not good, it's still good because of how hard it is. And so because you can appreciate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the thing that's particularly fun with with these two in this context is is. Uh, as far as like improv goes, because there's a whole yes and concept, right? Which is important in design. It's important in working with people, important relationships, important in everything, right? But it, but it's like, it's the root of improv, right? Is, is you never, you never back up from what somebody else is trying to do. You just always back the play, right? And I've never in any other, like on, on SNL, like I've never in any other context seen it so aggressively done where mm. it's, where it's seamless, where like somebody just starts doing a thing and the other person is just on board. The other person is just doing it too, yeah. <laughs> as if it was planned. And that's the thing, like, like that is the part that I didn't quite like, didn't quite get about the whole yes and concept was not that it's like you're playing off of each other and you're creating a thing. It's like it, if it's done really well, it takes a thing that is being invented on the fly and makes it seem like it was planned, planned mm-hmm. by yeah, two people who are in complete you know, agreement. It's very interesting. It really is a, it's the, the game jam mindset, but super compressed, right? Yep. Because like in, in a game jam, you don't have time to argue about bullshit. 
right? Yeah. Like you just got to move said, forward. Somebody says like, this is a game about a cat in space. And you're like, that's what's happening now. Let's keep going. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we, we don't have time to, to just deliberate on this one point. We have a game to make. So yeah. you just, you just keep, you just keep moving with and it. And you don't back up and you don't pause and think. Maybe we should redo the art for this entire section of it. It's like, no, yeah, you, you, d- just, no, keep you just keep going. <laughs> that's, what, that's what's so interesting about, uh, actually, about the improv stuff. Because there's some interesting implicit rules, I think, with that yes and piece, which is that they never, they one person never takes things, never declares far, things yeah. too far. Yeah. Like, that's it. So, like, you always, you're building on whatever is kind of happening, but you never do it in such a way where you are now, like, declaring what the whole plot's going to be. Yep. Or, you know, whatever else. Like, you might you might say it's a button, like, oh. A body or something like that, right? So now we're now we're in like a murder mystery. But you wouldn't be like, oh, a body, and it has these wounds on it, and there's this footprints. Go- like a, you don't, you never go so yeah, far. You're, you're always opening doors for you're opening doors. You're yeah, and I think yeah. that's that's one of the keys because, of course, uh, in game jams as well as in this, uh, when you're doing that that highly co- like really rich collaborative stuff, uh, there's also there has to be an awareness that you need you just give the next just the next piece. Yeah. And, well, and, yeah, and, and, and it, right? that's how you end up with absurd stuff. Cause like, cause one of them I listened to, well, I can't remember who their guest was, but he was telling this honestly just boring story about like growing up and having a Jeep. Um, but then they turned that into now a story about a young kid who wants a Jeep, um, which then the, then the, the musical that came out of this involved this, the same kid wanting to be a sham wow salesperson and like that being their dream. <laughs> And, the, and and her her parents not not wanting her to do that with or with her with her dad not wanting her to do that and then her mom and and sister were pirates on the ocean because like they they have a, a pirate lineage history for some reason and like mm-hmm. and and, they, and then coalescing in the end to like a bear a bear fight with pigs and bears and then like the pirates like the, like the whole. None of it was related to anything, but because people kept on just like adding some weird little concept and everybody just played, played along that you ended up weaving this just hilarious, absurdist, you know, tapestry. It was very, it's very, very fun. Unbelievable. Yeah. Just, yeah. If you want to just have a great, a great chuckle. I've been listening to this stuff because I've been just doing stuff around the house. It's on, it's just a, it's a podcast, you know, so, uh, uh, so I've just been sort of roaming around the house, just laughing to myself like a like a weirdo, yep. uh, just like all week. <laughs> yep, that's also what I've been doing. Yeah, it's been. Yep. I, I think especially because like so much of their stuff that we that we're all the the stuff that we're taking in in terms of uh, entertainment things, whatever. It's still also tainted by how fucked up the world is, you know. Mm-hmm. That but having something that is so so almost like violently just, uh, joyful, detached, and, <laughs> and detached, and unhinged, and self contained, you know. Is yeah. uh, is just like it's the truest form of escapism, oh, you know. It's the best. Yeah, it's it's the best. Uh, so definitely check it out. Off book, the improvised musical. It's a podcast. They've got YouTube videos. Yeah, just check it out. Uh, let's talk about studio news. We've been working on Crashlands Two, building lots of game systems. Uh, one of the big challenges we've been sort of working through is uh, this question of animations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Animate to bring something to life is what it. Yeah. That's what it means. Very spooky. And so, yeah, Yeah. I think there's an interesting point here, which is that, so we're using, we are using uh, Spine for the first time. Uh, At least we've been been using it so far. We're not in production yet. So, you know, it's all R&D stuff. But um, Spine is a 2D animation uh, engine. Yeah, it's a big engine. Um, And it integrates well enough with Game Maker where it solves one of our previous problems from a production standpoint. We always talk about pipelines, right? And uh, previously, it would be the case that I would make an animation 
in Inkscape, uh, frame by frame, that I would have to export each frame, upload them onto the internet into a GIF-making website to check if it was working. Uh, once I got it working, write up notes for Seth about the sub-image order and the timings of them, send them over to Seth, then he would actually have to reconstruct it inside of GameMaker using those timings. And the whole thing was just, you know, there's that's exactly the sort of slow iteration loop that you're going to get um, from that clunky of a, of a system that would make it hard to do good animations, right? Um, yeah. So the whole goal with with bringing uh, Spine into the mix is to be able to, for Crashlands 2, uh, yeah, actually have what you would call animations, which is uh, movement that brings that brings personality and life and stuff. And I think there's a really interesting piece here uh, in two parts. So one is that uh, Spine is used by a lot of independent developers. Um, and the reason is, is that it offers what's called, what's referred to as bone animation. So you can think about it just like how a, per, a person's body works. The reason it's called Spine is because a person's, think about a person's body. They have a bunch of bones in their body, right? Um, and then there's a bunch of joints. And so your limbs and stuff rotate around those joints. Uh, and that's essentially how you as a person move. So what Spine allows you to do as, a, as an indie, indie developer um, is basically you, you can draw a picture of, say, a, a character, bust their limbs off, and then you can essentially rotate those limbs inside of this program uh, without actually redrawing anything. But you can basically spin those limbs around and do all sorts of stuff to make them swing and, and all that. Um, now the interesting thing about it, though, is that – or the interesting beef I have with that is that I don't know that it – it it makes things move, but I don't know that it really animates things at the end of the day. It doesn't necessarily give them personality. Yes, um, because it's very hard to, in the case of, of for example, a swinging animation, uh, a character like we swinging have what the, like a like a weapon or yeah, say you're swinging a sword or yeah. weapon or whatever else. Um, if it's if your body is is very very lightly involved, like the whole rest of your body while the arm is doing the swinging, um, it doesn't. It's, you're not really swinging the weapon in any way that can have a lot of personality, right? There's just not enough pieces uh, in play for that to really work. And so, I mean, this is, you know, the original Crashlands, Flux is just a sort of puppet that behaves basically in this way that we had coded up at the time. Limbs swinging around in circles. Yeah, uh, it's static swing. parts where each part moves, basically. Yeah. And so uh, we really want to take this up a notch for, for Crashlands 2, but have a problem, which is, uh, doing traditional 2D animation, which is, you know, keyframes, these big poses and action moves, whatever else, is really fun and actually makes makes things look very animated, very charming. Uh, but doing that and mixing in armor that is customizable by the player. So they could be wearing this hat, they could be wearing these boots, they could be wearing these gloves, uh, or not, or a mixture of, of all, three different sets of them, um, becomes a, a sort of a incredibly weird technical challenge. Uh, yeah, because what what you have then is is the player's let's say their foot, their right foot, could be rendered across all their animation frames. Could be rendered in thirty different poses and perspectives. Mm-hmm. And well, and some of them are smears, so they're not mm-hmm. even like an actual yeah. foot. So if you're like, okay, so the player is now wearing this this cool orange boot with like red splotches on it and whatever, right? Uh, that's their new boots that they crafted. Well, that boot has to be redrawn and rendered in every conceivable perspective and pose that the player's going to have mm-hmm. so that so that they're wearing it while they're animated, right? Uh, that's, a, that's a lot of boots. Yeah, it's a lot so, of work to make one boot. Yeah, the reason you don't typically see a 2D game with traditional animation, actually, I, don't, I can't think of any 
that use traditional animation and have a custom armor uh, system in the same sort of way. Uh, yeah, they'll usually do like a 3D model so they can now make one 3D version of the thing and then they can mm-hmm. animate the whole 3D model and just swap out the parts that way. Yeah, this was the big challenge of games like like old school uh, Diablo and Diablo 2 uh, where the, the games are made out of sprites, right? They're, they are 2D games, um, but the, the visuals in the game are made out of 3D models that are then turned into 2D and they would pre-capture uh, different snapshots of the characters oriented in different directions, wearing different pieces of armor, and then try to you know superimpose those uh, together. Mm-hmm. But what, what you find in those cases is that they end up with reusing the same visuals for lots and lots and lots of different pieces of armor, and then they just like tint them or something because it's just so expensive to to get all those different angles of, of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's so, a lot. So we've been figuring all that out. Um, and then that, that's brought us to basically how we're actually handling the animation inside of, of Crash Sense 2, which is because we're using Clip Studio Paint, which has a built-in, you know, a little animation previewer and tools and stuff like that, uh, then we can go much, much further than we have in the past. And so currently we've got some some stick figures doing some just ridiculous stuff uh, inside of the game, which has been a lot of fun to put together and has brought us to this, to this next weird milestone, which is like, how do you handle timing? So if there's a, if there's a, a wind up before you punch something, but you, the player presses a button at time a, you need them to punch the thing. Uh, how do you back calculate or do whatever you got to do to actually make sure that stuff syncs up and everything just actually reads uh, really, really well. So that's sort of the current, um, and, the current and you'll feel this in games too, that do a lot of animation. Um, that if it, that if it's not done really well, it just feels clunky because mm-hmm. you because basically it waits until you've reacted until you've clicked a button and then does the animation. And if the animation is interesting and like and really involved, then what people will do is they'll pack you know thirty frames into that animation. It takes place over half a second or or even longer, um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot when it comes to you press a button and are expecting a thing to happen. And so stuff can feel very, very clunky. And the, the ideal thing is that actually there's almost no frames in between you trying to do something and the the final frame of like the part of the animation that would cause the thing to happen. Uh, so yeah, it's a very tricky problem. But then you couple this with another problem if you have an online game, right? It's like now also somewhere in there, you're talking to a server, right? Mm-hmm. Which is not necessarily what we're doing, but like, but that's when it comes to this, like, this difficulty of timing, you now take the person presses a button, you wind up an animation, you talk to the server to find out like what's going on. If you're allowed to do this, like how, well, even, how even fuck? simpler, even simpler of a, of a problem is like, what if the frame rate drops? What if, what if the person's device has a frame rate drop? Let's say you've got an animation that is a half second long, mm-hmm. right? It's 30 frames and you have an attack. That's a half second long. And the animation lines up exactly with how the attack is supposed to go, right? Yep. Uh, then the frame rate tanks because something happens on the person's device. Maybe they're watching Netflix and have 800 Chrome tabs open while they're <laughs> playing the game. And uh, the frame rate tanks, and so now the game can only actually show one frame, uh, so like 30 frames per second. So now if you, if you showed all the frames, it would take twice as long to get through the entire mm-hmm. animation. And the attack is already long done by now. So then you have to like create these shortcuts to kind of like bypass. Mm-hmm. So like the the timing, and the, and the reason this is different than what we used to do, is our our previous animation style was basically everything that that 
characters did was three parts, three frames. So it was one frame, which is an anticipation frame, which is like, I'm about to do something. So maybe like your arm is just back, like you're going to swing or whatever. Then there's the- uh, I'm doing something. The I am doing something, which is a single frame, which is like if if we're talking about a sword swing, and that's the actual moment where you see like a swoosh. swoosh. Uh, and then the final third frame is the sort of like follow through. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like guess my, I would, arm, my arm is now down. Yeah, I'd actually whatever. say importantly, all of our previous animations only did the middle part of that. There's actually only one Yeah, frame. that's true. It was yeah. like you just see the sword swoosh. There's no anticipation. Mm-hmm. There's no follow through. Because we have we married that's how you same. make it instantaneous, right? Because like now you click a button, you change, and like in the next right. frame, there's a different image, and then you so go there's, back. Yeah, so there's this different thing going on now. I think it, we're 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 making a bit of a change where the goal is the goal is entertainment, not perfect mechanical gameplay, right? Mm-hmm. And so that bar of saying wh- how how quickly does it need to happen versus how amusing. Does the game yeah, how good should it feel? Where yeah, happens. exactly. Uh, is sort of like where the interesting tension point. Uh, comes well, yeah, from. yeah, it is. It is, it is like, like I was saying earlier, right? You can find a game that has just beautiful animations, right? Uh, because they because they really wanted to focus on that, but they took it too far. And since they only cared about delivering really good animations, then the result feels clunky and, and unpleasant to actually experience. And so finding that. Finding that middle ground of these two things that are pulling against each other um, depends a lot, of course, on like what vibe are you trying to portray? Because this can work in a game like uh, uh, what's that hard as fuck medieval game? Dark Souls. Dark Souls, right? Because yeah. Dark Souls does have like a slow wind up. It's everything is slow, and, and, and you're always triggering a wind up to an attack, right? And and then the mm-hmm. fact the lag between you hitting the button and the thing happening is the whole game. Actually, they designed it's a game around the skill. that. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's part of the skill. Um, yeah. But in most other like really fast twitch games, take like a like a brawl or like Super Smash Brothers or something like that, right? Like the, the assumption is the moment you hit the button, the thing has happened, and there's no room for an animation there. And so, depending on the kind of game, you can get away with more or less of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's tough. Uh, we're still researching. We're still we're still trying to answer questions of. Uh, how involved to make these animations, how to line them up with stuff in the game, how to how to minimize the number of frames so that we don't have to redraw trillions of boots, you know. <laughs> like there, there's a, there's a lot of competing uh uh economies yeah of decision making going on here. Yeah, I think uh, for every frame we add, you take you take now that the number of frames to animate times the number of assets. So like the number of boots, the number of whatever like now every time the the cost of adding each new thing goes up by that by that percent, right? Every time yeah. you add a new thing. You want 20 boots in this game, but we have 40 animation poses. 800, 800 boots. boots. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, which, of course, makes it harder to add every new boot, and it also makes it harder to add a new animation because yeah. if, we ha- if we have 20 full armor sets, right? Chest, gloves, helm, boots, yep. what, weapons, you know, everything. And we say, ooh, yeah, it'd be kind of cool if the player could do a flip here. We'll get ready to redraw all twenty mm-hmm. entire armor sets. But this is this is where I think stuff gets yeah. really interesting because again, this you're absolutely right. This is this is where we're dealing with these really intense competing pressures on multiple sides for this, from the game side, from the general entertainment value. Because again, we want this game to be the case that you you see it and you're just like, I yes, I need yeah, because entertainment this is the thing that's pushing towards more and more frames, right? Uh, yep. And so and so what what I think what ends up happening then when you when you start approaching these really uh, intense pressures coming from two different sides are conflicting. Uh, that's actually to me where that's oftentimes where style ends up being created, right? Yeah. 
So for example, like what I've, what I've done on the animation side is these, the, the animations for doing something like a sword attack. The original ones were, were the full body poses. But then as part of this recognition that like for every single full body where you're supposed to be seeing things that are, you know, clearly like a, here's a leg, etc. Um, every single one of those is going to require like a redraw of that armor uh, that's attached to that piece. So if instead I can convert as many as possible into these smears, right? Let the player do the work of mentally filling in their armor, squishing across the screen. Uh, so you just got to throw some color in there that exactly that matches. That. Uh, yeah. And there's you could even take it further uh, to do stuff like uh, in certain movements or even at certain certain poses, uh, even convert the character into like a different sort of a form where uh, there's some really fun. If you look at if you look at either uh, anime or there's some really good uh, music videos that are animated and stuff, um, you'll see every so often that the the animators will switch styles if there's like a really power moment going on where someone's like, it's kind of like a one punch band, right? Someone's screaming yeah, yeah. and like, and they go to punch something and they actually switch into a sketch style yeah, briefly. And it actually adds just a shitload of character and fun to that overall animation, uh, a lot of artistry to it. And also uh, importantly, removes fuckloads of work and detail, right? Yeah. And so- Well, you see this with backgrounds too. Like if, if you watch, if you watch an animated thing- if you if you pay really close attention to the background, then there will be scenes where the background is fucking amazing, right? But it's because mm-hmm. they're like looking over a vista or they're walking slowly through a place or whatever. But the, the moment action starts, most of the time, things get stripped down in the background, right? Or it's some, so or it's something you've already seen before because it's a reused asset or whatever. Like that stuff starts to get pared away because uh, that because you're you're basically saying, well, the the viewer is now focused on this. Now we invest all the resources here, and we can pull resources back on this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you ever wonder why, like in, a, in cartoons or an anime, why they do that thing sometimes when people start fighting, where the background now is just lines. Yeah. That's why, because who give no one gives a shit about the background right now. Like that doesn't know. And you, the and you also have to worry about where these characters are in space relative to the room they're in. Like now, now you suddenly created an enormously difficult problem versus getting to focus on the already hard problem of making an interesting combat scene. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. The, the lines basically serve to say, "Look, look how fast this yeah. person is moving." When, of course, if they are in a small room and all they're doing is just like punching someone then really they're just standing still and their arm is going fast, right? Mm-hmm. So you normally, like there wouldn't be like things whizzing past them in the background, which means you actually lose the ability to convey the speed yeah. if you don't if you yeah. don't just have nothing but, you know, colored lines yeah. back but there. So, yeah, so Sam, are you saying that what you could basically do here, if we take this to like the, its most extreme form, right, mm-hmm. is that an animation sort of goes back to the the three things again. It's like, Getting ready to do a thing, doing a thing, and have done a thing or whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. But but it's the same idea where we're now the static frame, the frames where you could like see something really clearly. Like that's where you have to invest the time and be like, okay, we need twenty boots. I have to draw this thing twenty times or whatever. Yep. Right. But now all the other frames that are the things happening, right, are now just blurs. And so you can actually now use instead of now having to blur that boot for each of those twenty mm-hmm. times, you just have a blurred boot that you just use the same color palette. Correct. For each of those things. And so now the amount of effort required to like, you don't have to draw, you don't have to draw like this boot at the perfect orientation because it's just a fucking smear. Who cares mm-hmm. what it actually looks like? Yeah. So that's basically yeah. the intent is to, is to start poking around with, uh, now that we have these stick figures, we have the animations actually kind of figured out for a few of these things is to say, okay, let's put the character in there, put a full armor set on them and figure and see, out just what we what need happens. to do. Yeah. And then, and then how to do that stylistically to actually remove work from the pipeline. 
Yeah. Uh, and this is, I think this is the major trick. Cause like you can look at any of these problems and be like, this is insurmountable, which like truthfully, like, yeah, if you're like every single armor set we have, uh, we need to add a fuckload of, of assets for everything. And that's true. Um, but can we not, though? but can we not, or at least can we reduce it to the point where actually that becomes part of the stylistic vibe of the game and actually becomes a huge asset. The fact that we had to think through this process and make these changes. Yeah. Cause especially um, if we can have it, cause and I think it, this idea of basically style being the intersection of of creativity and constraint, mm-hmm. right? Um, is then is then great because our whole goal here is to have a fuckload of stuff in here, right? But just having a fuckload of stuff is boring, right? Yes. Just, like, just having it there. We want to have a fuckload of stuff where it feels like a rich world where things are interesting. Correct. Uh, and getting that to happen is a is an enormously costly thing, but of course, depending on how you do it. Uh, and so, yeah, I think this point is really important. This goes back to our discussion last week or two weeks ago, whatever that was about the the the, the pre-production slash R and D phase, right? Mm-hmm. Of taking the time now to answer these questions. We're, we're we're not asking the question, how do we make this as cool as possible? And then like, however many frames that is, whatever the animation is, that's what we're going to put forward. That's just the cost now, right? We're saying we want to make a hundred pairs of boots or whatever, right? Uh, so how do we? solve both of these problems at once instead of making life hard later. How do we make it easy later yeah. or as easy as possible, but also have a really amazing thing. It's really, can we have our cake and eat it too? And sometimes you can't, you can't really have all your cake and eat all of it, but you can get most of your cake and also eat most of it. You know what I mean? Like, well, the thing about the, the you know, the, I always was confused by that saying until I really thought about it, which is like, once you eat the cake, you don't have it anymore. Yep. Because you've eaten it, right? So obviously you can't have it and eat it. But if you eat half the cake, then you still have half a cake. Yeah. So and you've eaten, you half, know, that's plenty of that's, cake. <laughs> you've eaten a half of a cake. Uh, yeah, that's, actually, a, that's a lot. So it's a lot of questions. Which is, should it be have your cake? You can't eat your cake and have it too. Would make more sense along those lines, right? In terms of just the order. Like you can't eat your cake and then the still thing have doesn't it. make sense because it also implies that having a cake has high value when really it's the eating of the cake that has all the, the only high reason value. to have a cake is to eat it. Well, I think ha- that's yeah, important. Having, having a cake you can't eat is that's a pointless. Yeah, but also like, what we've been trying to do is say, you know what, the taste of the cake is what's actually important. Because yeah, you could have your cake and eat it too if it's a sh- maybe if, because it's a shitty cake. But we're not here to make shitty cake. We want to make the best cake. So how come that's not even part of this? You know, conversation that's. that's What's that about? That's how good the cake is. Yeah. Why are you eating this so, cake? Why is this so important for I you to have it a, eat it? It's really an insufficient saying along any dimension that provides no value when spoken out loud. I think. <laughs> it's yeah. Dang, it's Adam, a, it's, a, it's that's, a, that's you want to have a yeah. you want to have two competing outcomes, right? Like that's the yeah, which is that's and, what and, it's and supposed that's to yeah, mean. That's, that's what it's supposed to mean. But just as a phrase itself, the problem is the more you think about it, the more it doesn't mean what it's supposed to mean. Yeah, because a eating an entire cake, bad fucking move. Don't do don't do that. Mm-hmm. Do do not do this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If anything, uh, having a cake and but, eating it too is like exactly the scenario has the outcome that you want, which is some yeah. kind of middle ground, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The scenario is I have an entire cake. I'm going to eat some of it. I still have a lot of cake left and I've eaten cake. So and that's also, great. I, <laughs> I feel pretty people. good. Now I have more friends. <laughs> like everything, like everything is great. Yeah. I can share the cake. I can save it for later. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of great outcomes yeah. that just came Having from the fact that Having a cake and eating I, it too is only positive. There's no bad that's, outcomes. And it's the almost, it's the scenario that all that happens in almost every 
time you have cake. Yes. You yeah. know, you're going to eat some and then you're going to still have, you can still have cake. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that because that's just really been bothering me for 33 <laughs> years. So, okay. So I do want to get to questions, but there's one thing I want to hit first, which, and here's the thing. We may end up not getting to questions because this might get interesting, but oh, well, here we go. You guys ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting. Okay. Yeah. Here's the, here's the deal. Alex Hutchinson. I don't know if I said that right, that? but I, that's how I said it. Creative director of Google Stadia. Stadia uh, is what? Google Stadia is Google's new uh, streaming platform that they launched uh, about a year ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Like end that? of last year. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. That's uh, right. Uh, they launched it with 12 games to a lukewarm uh, reception, a confusing pricing model, and a lot of people saying – but why, though? Mm-hmm. Um, Google has been continuing to kind of pour money into this thing and and try to make it be a thing. And if you've ever been on uh, the internet, you might have seen ads for Google Stadia just all over the place. So uh, the creative director of Google Stadia, Alex Hutchinson, had some tweets that he put out this week um, where one of the things he said, or kind of the essence of what he said, is this quote – about streaming, this is about streaming games on something like Twitch or whatever. Uh, He said, the truth is streamers should be paying the developers and publishers of the games they stream. They should be buying a license like any real business and paying for the content they use. Okay, so this is, to kind of put this in context, um, this is sort of comparing games to movies or uh, or, or music. So you may have heard of people streaming something on Twitch and then they get a DMCA takedown notice, a Digital Millennium Copyright Act takedown notice because they were playing a song in the background mm-hmm. of their stream. And the record company or the publisher or whatever of that song says, you didn't pay for the rights to to play that song. So you, it's actually you know, even happened for the songs that are in the game. Like not even just yeah. you playing some other song because what? Because the developer paid for the license to right. play the Because song. depending on how the song licensing, because like, because a game is composed of a whole bunch of digital assets, right? And the licensing for each of those could be different depending on how they were constructed, right? So if everything is happening in house, you got your own music team, you got a blah, blah, blah. Uh, you still could choose the model you want. Like you still could say, yeah, yeah, we're not going to bug people if they're streaming our game for the game. But when it comes to the music, we are. More likely, though, is that you have hired an outside person and you have a specific license with them that allows you and then your players to access the music in a very specific way that doesn't include streaming. So, yeah, so we've seen takedown notices for even just the stuff that's already in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this this has been kind of an interesting um, – there, there's just always been a, a lot of commentary sort of buzzing around in the background of the, of the YouTube scene, of the Twitch scene or whatever, of people – of people on one side, oftentimes on the publisher side, on on the business side of, of games, pushing to try to figure out how to get these streamers to give them a bunch of money, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, it is. I mean, it is. So, we should say it is technically. I mean, it is legally the case that that uh, there's no there's not a meaningful enough distinction between a game and a movie or music or whatever to say that games are legally in a different category in the sense that, or meaning that uh, that. It would be totally legally 
I guess a, I don't know the right word is not appropriate, allowed. But legally allowed, right? Uh, for for makers of games and publishers, et cetera, to say to no, sue streamers, streamers to sue streamers, like they're perfectly within yeah. their legal right to do that. But the the world that we've ended up in is one where games are treated differently, so that the assumption that the that it's, that the the assumption is the other way, which is that if there's a game, I'm allowed to stream it, right? Legally, yeah, that's obviously, obviously, I can't like play a song. I can't just like upload a song to YouTube, and I can't just like take Lord of the Rings and upload that to YouTube. But I can play a game and mm-hmm. post that on YouTube, and and that, there's no question that I can do that. Yep. Except you, except you can't actually like legally. Yeah. Legally, there's no distinction between these things, um, as far as anybody's been able to to discern. Um, and so, really, it's just a question of culture and enforcement, mm-hmm. right? Yep. This is kind of interesting because like and and this this kind of I think demonstrates there's this there's this interesting like spectrum of engagement for different kinds of entertainment products, right? So if I listen to a song, uh it's you know, it's a couple minutes long, Sam listens to a so- to the same song, Adam listens to the same song. We've all heard the same song. Like we all we all just heard the same song, right? Mm-hmm. Um but if we all play the same game, we won't necessarily have the same experience. I might play it for 10 minutes and be like, nah, I don't know about this. And Sam might play it for 20 hours and, and go deep into the story and find all kinds of side quests, you know. And Adam may play it and then play a pacifist run where he's like, I'm never going to harm a single creature. And he has a completely different experience as well, right? Mm-hmm. And so even though we've played the same game, uh, what we all saw and experienced and whatever was completely different. Right? And so me watching yeah. Seth play doesn't necessarily mean now that I have like – I've consumed that media because there are right. actually there's a, there's at least two ways to consume games, right? One is to watch somebody else play the game. Actually, watch many different people play the game because that's many different experiences. And the other yeah. is to do it yourself. And there's there's a huge gulf between those two things in terms of the experience. Unlike if you watch somebody else listen to a piece of music versus you, you are also listening to you're the also music. listening to that piece of yeah. music, right? Yeah. Um, and so the same thing. And, and this is where uh, there was a big sort of. Um, throw down from the creator of uh, That Dragon Cancer, which is a, a narrative-driven game. It's a very personal game. Um, it's short. It was like a couple hours long, I think. It's a short game, and it's not, it's not like an action game or whatever. It was meant to tell the story of the struggle of dealing with a, of a child who has cancer, right? And it's a personal story for the, to the developer. And, and it's kind of in that Firewatch area of, mm-hmm. of being a game that's – Kind of everyone's experience of it is the same. Yeah. 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 If you play through it, you're going to see this. You're going to, and much like a movie or a song, it's going to hit you emotionally differently depending on your own life experiences. But what you see and what you do in the game is going to be roughly the same as what everybody else. And I think it's not even, it's not even about it being the same. It's about how much of it is you getting to act, right? And feeling like you're acting. Because the, the thing that makes you want to be the person who experiences that thing, because you can watch somebody play like Super Mario, right? Everyone, honestly, everyone's experienced Super Mario. Like like level one, like world mm-hmm. one level one, right? It's the same fucking experience for everybody. But you having that experience is very, very different than you watching somebody else have that experience for yeah. some reason, right? Even if the, the actual experience seat. is the same. Yeah. Um, and, and you can fail at it, you know, and you can yeah. – uh, you can you can take different routes and try different things and, and whatever, um, and so so the creator of that dragon cancer was at that time talking about how he was concerned that people 
streaming the game or, or uploading it to YouTube was going to uh, actually harm the success of the game because if somebody just watched another person do a playthrough, that person could be less likely to buy the game mm-hmm. because they would they would feel like they've already experienced all the things that the game has to offer because the game is largely uh, largely passive in the sense that the game proceeds and and you're going to see the same yeah, thing. The amount of player no matter what you do. is low, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so I, I think the interesting thing about all this is just how, like for starters, it is that, that, that weird question about, yes, technically you don't have a license to upload this content as a streamer, as a, as a YouTuber, but it's still in the, in the business interest of most games to just let it happen. You know, because like, it becomes it becomes marketing for the for the game. Well, right? I think there's there's a really interesting question here, which is what what the metaphor actually is, because I think the problem the problem comes down to uh, actually comes down to performance. So, for example, it's it is not in any way uh, like a license violation for you to create a cover of a song and put it up on YouTube, right? Uh, because it ends up counting was it like counts as a remix essentially, or like it's a it's a it's a created work basically at that point, right? A der- derivative. I can't remember. I can't remember yeah. the terms, but yeah. The point is, like, you you can create a cover of a song that you like. Uh, you can't upload that song directly. You can but you can you sing can parody uh, the song, you know, Weird Al style, where you actually have the exact original background music, but then by changing the lyrics and turning it into a joke. But even with that, that like, you still uh, can like, it's not a it's not a cut and dried thing. The, the whole idea of like fair use, right, is not. There's not a thing where it's just like, yes, this is now fair use. Like fair use is degrees. determined. It's determined in a by a court. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's the same deal with any of this. So it's like, it's like, yeah, you 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 can make a parody song, right? But but somebody can still you can argue. still get sued. You, you can, can still, still get, get sued, sued, and somebody could could actually make an argument that could win, where they say this is still too close to the original, or the existence yep. of this thing is harming our uh, our business or, or whatever, right? Um, so so there's actually there's no just like. In any part of digital media, there's no case where you can just unambiguously use a thing, right? And and you'll see this all the time because people will do things that like seem very fair, but they still are getting takedown notices because the person holding the copyright doesn't want them doing it. And they and in the end, basically, copyright law very strongly favors the person who owns the copyright, yeah. like very yep. very strongly. Yeah. But the interesting, yeah. the interesting thing to me about that is 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 the question of how a streamer is viewed in this context. Are they because to me it's it's not equivalent at all to for example, putting a putting a movie online, uh, or you know, just playing, put you know, uploading a song, uh, or nice. uploading a game and, and file sharing it, right? Like that that is a that is an obvious copyright violation, yeah, right. right? You're taking you're taking the game and you're copying it mm-hmm. and distributing. Yeah. It. I think the thing that becomes <laughs> weird about it is kind of like what we talked about is the fact that uh, a, a game experience is actually the merging of the player with the media content, and so the playing of the game is always actually a performance of the game. And so there's that's where the interesting problem comes in because it's almost always essentially into that a cover. It's almost always a cover, right? Where it's you are participating and you are typically, depending on the game structure, uh, you're typically going to be having enough agency such that it is your performance, it's your experience of the thing. Uh, and so the question is metaphorically, is it actually more similar to uploading a cover of a of a thing uh, than it is and then it is like uploading the song itself, right? Yeah. Right, you're saying they're not, even if they're it not, is, uh, even if it is, it's not just legally okay to upload a cover of a song, right? There's still gray area. Yeah. On so, so to me, the question yeah. isn't about legal because to me, the, the legality issue is actually really clear, which is that 
streaming is not legal unless you have a license to do it. I think it's actually, that's like, I'm pretty sure that legally that is just how things work, right? So the, I think the interesting thing to me but is But it's also the, not illegal, is basically the, you see what I'm saying. It's more well, like unless, a common law sort of a thing. Unless it's in your end user license agreement, to be fair. Yeah, right. if, saying, if, like if the license if the license of your game specifically says if you purchase this game then you are allowed legally. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, that's a license. To, yeah. That is a license. That's what I'm saying. It's, right, it's, right. Yeah. yeah. So if it's not if it's not in the end user license agreement, then yeah. it, then it is illegal to to right. stream it. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. all likelihood, because I I, I can't imagine. Probably. I think I think yeah. almost definitely. I think I think without yeah. without a doubt, I'm, it, it would be the case. And so so I think this has been really interesting because it's. The, the the difference between this and the movie industry and so on, I think it also depends on the industry, right? Because because back and it's this whole passive versus active medium, right? So so back when file sharing became a thing and the RIAA and the MPAA like went went in guns fucking blazing, but it took a couple of years for them to, to for them and they felt it. Like they both of those industries had enormous, enormous hits to their revenue, right? Yeah. So they felt it directly, and they knew that this was the cause, and so they had this enormous incentive to go do it. In games, because of this whole active versus passive medium thing, uh, and and streaming being new, like streaming is new relative to games, right? Game, games are increasingly adding popularity. Games also have other ways to make sure that they're making money because they they since they're an interactive good. They're a digital thing. They can have anti piracy measures. They can have in game. Per- There's all this kind of stuff that they can do, right? And more and more people are playing games over time. So in the same sense that back in the day, more and more people were playing or watching movies. But if they're all doing it for free now, right, then like that doesn't mm-hmm. help you. But for games, like the, that community is just growing and growing. And while at the same time, the streaming community has been growing. And streaming is still a niche thing. Like it, it, it is, right? It's, it's, not, mm-hmm. it's not at all like – List, watching movies and listening to songs, right? That's not fucking niche. There's still, there's still a vast majority of the population who routinely say the phrase, I just don't understand why people are watching other people playing video yeah. games. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, so, it is, so it is actually a niche thing. And so, yeah. but it's it's niche in this really interesting way where it's popular enough that uh, that a popular streamer on the right game can can cause a game to be successful, right? So, so it's a niche thing, but it's still a big thing that can have an impact. But it's not so big that it's obvious what the impact is, right? Well, I mean, it, so, actually, it is obvious in the positive direction, I think, actually. Yeah, in, in some cases. In some cases, yeah. yeah. In most cases, it's not obvious either way, right? Because what we've talked about in the past is that is that a streamer success is dictated also by the game success. It's a symbiotic relationship. And in many cases, uh, for, for games that are guaranteed to be popular, it's probably not the case, truly, that the streamer is making that game popular. Because the game already is, and the streamer is actually using that popularity for their own to benefit, boost their own to boost their yeah. own stuff, right? Uh, but on the other side of that, there definitely are games that weren't very successful that a handful of streamers picked up, and that pushed it to success. Once it hits that point, it probably again doesn't matter that there are streamers playing it, right? Um, and so, so yeah, I, I think it's 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 interesting because there's clearly some there's clearly some stuff that is positive about that relationship between a streamer and a publisher slash developer, right? And there's also likely some stuff that is negative, like for these more passive experiences in games and stuff. Um, but it's really hard to say. But it's really hard to say. Either so way. As a consequence, the, the assumption this whole time has been that it's probably either kind of neutral or a net positive. And I think that's probably true. Uh, but because of that, then everyone's been really hesitant to pull the trigger on on actually issuing DMCA takedowns, right? 
on stream content. And because of that, there's now a precedent, which is a, a, a community which is precedent, just, it's, right? it's, which is, it's, it's just fine. And, and yeah. so we saw, we actually, I don't know if, if you guys remember, but I think a couple of years ago, Nintendo tried to start doing a lot of takedowns yeah. for stream oh, yeah. content, right? And the pushback was, it was, was epic, violent, <laughs> right? Because, because now people have had this, they've had it. And, uh, the nuances of copyright law, like who gives a shit? Nobody cares about that. Right. Um, yep. and so, <laughs> so like, and, and, and the fact is also copyright law is fucked. So even, even if you understood it, it doesn't matter that it's illegal really. Right. The question is whether it seems fair or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think what there's really interesting where I, I, in terms of just like from a straight copyright law perspective, this guy is correct. Right. If, yeah. if games, games are the same thing as movies and so on, like, yeah, it's weird that you have to get a license to, to make to money off of those yeah. things, but not off of games. Right. Uh, from a, like a reality of the you know world perspective, from a cultural from a perspective, cultural perspective, right. this is actually just how things are now, and so clawing it back is a problem. But then also from a business perspective, it it I can this see is probably the, better for everybody. It's probably better for everybody. I can see the yeah. argument for a hugely successful game, and of course, I feel like this guy's talking about the AAA space, right? I can see the argument for a really successful game like Fortnite or whatever, right? That where people are actually collectively making a lot of money. Um, most of them not individually, but collectively because of a few individuals, right? There's a lot of money involved with, with people making money on streaming. Then I can see the argument that the reason that, that the success direction is not going from the streamer to the game, but vice versa. Um, but probably it's still a feedback loop, you know? Yeah, it's all a feedback loop. I think it's, it's just it's, being able to prove it is too hard, you know, one way or the other. And so, yeah, I think it would be a net negative to not allow streamers to stream. Yeah, well, I think importantly, there's there's one really big note here, which is that so you mentioned like with the with the music industry stuff is that they actually you can see it in the revenues like they actually got hit by the pirating problem yep. right and this sharing problem. Uh, if you look at games, games have gotten bigger and bigger uh, in the context of having these streams available. But is and it because so, of streaming or in spite of streaming? Oh, definitely. And this thing is like it yeah. definitely is like not for I mean look at Among Us like there's all, all these all these examples where it's like. The games explode because yeah, yeah. of the streaming. Yeah, so yeah then, for some games. Definitely. Yeah, yeah for, some, for some games, yeah. But if you're talking but like think, AAA, AAA games sell themselves, right? And so that that one I, I honestly don't know. If if people who are on the fence about a AAA game, right, if seeing a stream makes them less likely to get it. I think there's I think there's some – because they're, they're very expensive. They're a very high investment product, right? Um, you can go watch somebody else experience it. Uh which gives you like because that still gives you a vicarious like meaningful experience, right? And so it's not the same as playing it for yourself, but the barrier to entry to go play it for yourself is pretty high. No, I don't yeah. think so. I, I think it's generally going to be the case that the, the something like streamers and the things like that are going to act as a they're going to act as a, as an amplifying force on on a lot of these games. But I think that the thing the place where it gets where it gets tricky and where I think it feels where it feels like a, the statement from, because basically what, what ended up happening after this this guy mentioned the statement was Google was like, whoa, 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 like we're not, that's, he's not speaking for us specifically. Like he's Yeah, just, we don't believe that as a, as a business. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's kind of the important anything. follow here because it actually feels yeah. a bit inflammatory. And I think the reason is because, because in this context, what he's talking about, in the case of Fortnite and these other games, what you're talking about is a product that the product by itself is making is still making a fuckload of money. So oh, this yeah, is not, yeah. yeah, this is not the record really? industry. Exactly, right? Where the, yeah. Where oh, yeah, the I'm stream- not saying I'm in agreement that AAA like isn't it's like should be doing this. I think I think there is a real possibility that there's like some negative effect there, but I also mm-hmm. agree that it doesn't matter. And so Yeah, it, well the, the, yeah, this, this is what I'm trying to get at, which one. I think yeah. yeah, I think basically it's like uh, I think the, the major difference and the reason it feels 
it feels uh, it feels it has this inflammatory edge to it is because it feels like what he's saying uh, is is essentially that is just that we need more money uh, when they already have a lot coming in from from the case of like a, a successful yeah. shipping room. It's been pretty rare because I think it was what the uh, like Grand, Grand Theft Auto Five when it l- launched it made eight hundred million dollars in its first <laughs> weekend. Yep. M- movies don't do that. Uh, well, neither do most al- games. albums. Don't do that, right? But I'm just saying. I'm saying uh, like well, as well, as far as what the ceiling is for these games yeah. that are like for for companies that would have the legal resources to sue all the people streaming their game and try to get money from them. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't need that money. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a weird <laughs> thing. Where it's fine. like it seems like it's a it's an overall net positive. And so I think when when someone says, "Well, hey, you know, uh, you're doing this like you should pay us for a license because like because we're so popular." Uh, yeah. And you're writing off the popularity. It's like, yeah, that, that may be true. To it's legally, interest. it's legally allowed. Is mm-hmm. the, is it's, a, yeah. it's unambiguously legal allowed to demand royalties from streamers who are streaming your content. If your if your EULA doesn't uh, doesn't allow them to. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, yeah. otherwise it's licensed. Yeah. So yeah, so then yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty wild. Now, okay. Now, speaking of streaming. Uh, and the impact of streaming on games or whatever. Uh, U.S. Uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. AOC. AOC had her uh, debut stream on Twitch playing Among Us. She set up an account on uh, Tuesday, like Wednesday Monday, or whatever it was. But yeah. Yeah. Set up an account on one day, streamed the next day to a peak of 450,000 concurrent Jesus viewers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As far as a get out the vote uh, situations. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Now, I have to say, I have to say, uh, the charisma on this woman is top notch. No, right? Because yeah, yeah. uh, streaming is fucking hard. Yep. I don't know if you guys have actually tried to do it, uh, but like getting in front of the camera and just like being, you know, being personable and cracking jokes and sort of communicating with people people in the chat, you know, all that stuff. It's a lot, you know, and you're also trying to play the game and you're trying to be engaging and whatever. And it, it clearly comes very naturally for, for some people. Well, but if you think um, about this from a, polit- a politician standpoint, this is actually like the exact, uh, you know, merging of, of industries here, politics and streaming because it's the same thing at the end of the day, you know, you gotta, it's just getting in, getting in front of a crowd and trying to yeah. get people to like you. Yep. So many yeah. politicians are <laughs> so fucking, uh, wooden, you know, yeah. because they're, they're playing. They don't want to ever say anything, uh, yeah, yeah. too, too far in one side or the other. Yeah, and never so, cause stuff, like, that's what know? I think of when I think of like a politician, right. Is, yeah, is yeah. like, is someone who I'm just like, I don't, they're just a robot doing whatever. Right. Uh, and I, I'm, cause I'm trying to imagine literally any other politician, um, even the Getting charismatic ones, right? Well, actually, uh, no, because uh, Ilhan Omar was also on the stream, and she did great. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, was but murdering but like, people and these, cackling maniacally. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's these people I don't think of as politicians. You know what I mean? Like they, they're politicians in the sense that they are doing they're, stuff in the political space, right? So they are, they are, they are members of the house and so on, right? But they're like human beings. But they're human beings first, right? First, they're politicians who, who like, are just trying to, yeah, they're just trying to do stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so she did that as a as a get out the vote um, thing to just like basically uh, aggregate as many people as possible into one space and then tell them to make a vote plan. Like that was kind of the number one uh, thing. And they chose among us because the voting part, right? Where you, you yeah. all get together and decide who to vote off. 
vote out the imposter. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's pretty funny. But uh, yeah, this which which we have to say, <clears throat> this is our last episode before the U.S. Um, election. Oh, yeah, shit, is it? Right? It is. So this episode will air uh, less than a week before the election. So oh, that boy. means if you're hearing this episode and they're in uh, the United States get, and you can vote. Go Get vote. The fuck out there. Go vote. Go, go vote. Take part in democracy. Uh, this is a big one. Yeah. And do not vote just, Republican. Just to, <laughs> yeah, just to be crystal just clear. To be, just to uh, be clear. And I think here's the thing. If, if you think of yourself as a conservative, um, I probably disagree with you on every dimension, but that is your right. Note, though, the Democratic Party is a conservative party. So like, you're still voting conservative if you're a Democrat, right? <laughs> Now, also note yeah, if you're yeah. if you're actually not if you're a liberal person, right? And you're like, well, fuck the Democratic Party is just conservative. I'm not going to go vote for them. I'm going to vote for somebody else or not vote at all. Remember, if you do that, you're just thrown in for fascism. You're right? part of the problem. You're part of here. the problem. So, nobody, nobody's getting what we want here. We're just trying to not end up in the worst. Like, I don't I don't care about Joe Biden. He's not oh, he's not liberal. <laughs> he's a conservative, right? I don't care about uh-huh. him in the slightest. He's an old as fuck dude. He's old white has a history of problematic things, right? I don't care about this dude at all. But the thing is, that's one step it's, back from the brink of fascism. Like that's that's the best outcome we could possibly have. And if you're not working towards that outcome, you're what are you doing? What are you doing? you're pushing yeah. us off the fucking cliff. So, just just because you can't have a hundred percent of the solution doesn't mean you know. Well, you frankly, we can't get any of the solution. Is, is what's happening. But yeah. But at least things are not going to become aggressively and rapidly far worse. Let's yeah. Let's un let's unteeter this this bad boy off the brink. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know. Let's get let's get back into safe territory, uh, and then we can sort of recalibrate and figure out what to do. Yes. <laughs> and then we and then we basically wait for another like thirty years until the old people thirty years from now are the young people from today who can actually have real liberal views in politics. Right. So that's there you go. That's the that's the dream. And if you want to email us or tweet at us and tell us not to be uh, talking about politics, don't because. Hey, here's the thing. This whole this is also a good time to talk about politics and video games. If you uh, so so there's nothing in the fucking there's nothing in the fucking world that isn't quote unquote political. But here's the thing. It depends on what you mean by that. And you'll notice that everybody being upset about politics and whatever. You shouldn't talk about politics. You're doing whatever. What do they mean when they say the word politics, right? Because what they mean, what they mean is that stuff that matters. Stuff that matters to human beings that I don't agree with. That's actually what you mean when you say politics. If you are arguing against this, right? If uh, you say, if you say, I think you should probably wear a mask because uh, otherwise you'll die. People yeah. are like, hey, let's not get political. Yeah, that's not this. politics. <laughs> that, is a, that is a factual statement about the world. So if you call it politics, that's just a way of you casually dismissing a thing you disagree with by by putting it under this blanket, you know, whatever. Anyway, but the point is, don't fucking play that game. No, we're not, not here for that it. game. We're not here we for better it. games to play. So go vote. Yeah, and uh, leave us alone. That's it. That's all I got. Yep. <laughs> go vote. Leave us alone. <laughs> Should uh, we answer a questions since we didn't do any? Uh, sh- yeah. Let's do. Let's do one. Because uh, we're at okay. the hour mark, so we can do one question that we'll call it. Call we it can day. do. We can do one. Right, we got one from Tim Conceivable who says, "Do you all get into Halloween? For a lot of people I know." It's their favorite holiday. Do you decorate your house or yard with Halloween decor? Do you usually dress up in costume? Will Halloween 2020 be very different for you because of COVID? 
Mm. Halloween. I mean, yes, yes to the last one for sure. Yeah, we will have trick or treaters, which is fine. Um, yeah. We usually yep. get like six of them, anyways, which who I just give boatloads of candy to. But uh, Halloween is, I think, or I guess October in general is the best month. It's just a yes. fact because yep. what you're celebrating is spookiness. Uh, and everybody gets to wear a mask. And I think people enjoy not having to be themselves, frankly, uh, from time to time. And so October is that one, it's the one point in the year where you can be anyone, you can freak people out, and everyone's like, nice, as opposed to being like, you go to jail, which is a very different situation, right? So I think the decor, uh, everything about it is I'm just entertaining. For the decor. Yeah. Sucks. So I'm actually one of those people who I only want to be myself, and everything else makes me uncomfortable. So. Hate dressing up as things, hate acting, hate all of it. So I, like, I don't participate in that, <laughs> in that part of Halloween because I just I feel like an in like an imposter. I don't I don't feel like I'm engaging this in a fun activity. Yeah. I'm just like I feel like I'm telling a lie, right? You know, I just I just don't enjoy it. Like um, this isn't me. It's not me. But the decorations though, fucking skeletons so everywhere. We every year historically we would go out and we would try to buy new small interesting skeletons, you know, yeah, that we could put around the house. Uh, and this year we probably won't really go out and buy any, any new stuff, but we now have, uh, we've got a scorpion skeleton. Of course, scorpions don't have skeletons, you know, but we still have a skeleton scorpion because people who make these things don't know that, or they don't care, which is actually, they have a sense better. of imagination, Adam. They have a sense of imagination. So we have a tarantula. Mm-hmm. The tarantula's abdomen is a rib cage. doesn't make any sense. That's it's not got how bones. tarantulas work. It's got, it's got bones, bones with it's, legs. Yeah, but it's great. Uh, and we got a teddy bear. So now you're to now we're to go like all the way to the extremes, like teddy bear, like this thing, full rib cage, the whole it's got that all of it, right? But of course teddy bears don't have bones normally. So mm-hmm. I could be upset about this or just embrace the the creativity of having everything have skeletons. I would say the- no, I, I wanna I wanna say something about how I got a I got a bone to pick with Halloween. Oh yeah. bone, yeah. nice. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Here, here's the thing about Halloween. Okay. What? As a as a holiday, I feel like it's doing too much. Okay. Here's the deal. With Halloween, uh, it's it's a holiday for kids, right? Because you dress up in costume, you get all cute, you go out, people give you candy. Mm-hmm. That's great, right? That's great for kids. You're an adult; you can't go knocking on doors asking for candy. That's fucked up. You're not allowed to do that. Correct. So, what do you do instead? What do you do instead? You get sexy. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's time to be a sexy ghost. It's time to be a sexy Aquaman. It's time to be a sexy nurse. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. Because I can't, I can't have candy, so I'm going to be sexy. That's my thing. I mean, that's, that's the adult. transition, we, frankly, from childhood. Now to we have, yeah. now we have two incredibly divergent outcomes <laughs> for for a holiday, uh, depending on your demographic, right? And then there's that third dimension of it, which is uh, there's guts, there's bones, there's like lights. There's yard decorations, horror, right? skeletons everywhere, mm-hmm. right? What what's going on here? We got we got this weird trifecta of totally oppositional forces. Like, is it a hollow? Is it a holiday for kids, or are there guts? Is it a hell? Is it a holiday for sexy adults, or are there? Or kids? Is there candy? <laughs> right? Like, what's going on here? I just this is think, too many things. No, no, I don't think there's too many things. <laughs> I think it's just the case that Halloween is one of those few holidays that everybody that loves so much. Yes. yes. 
everyone's got a place at Halloween. You know, in the guts, in the candy, in the sex, doesn't matter. (laughs) We got you covered because it is the spookiest time of the year. All bets are off. The weather weather is turning. Everything everything is happening. It's just, yeah. So maybe the real problem here is that that the other holidays really aren't pulling their weight in terms of having a big enough enough diversity (laughs) of outcomes. Yeah, Yeah. Christmas, it's like, oh, get presents in the morning. Christmas is like strictly family, and yeah, you get presents, and then Thanksgiving is just every family again. They Everybody all have eats exactly too much, and one die. vibe. Yep, you know. Yeah, you dress up like a sexy ghost on Christmas. People are like that's not tasteful. <laughs> <laughs> you, that doesn't. You're like, oh, I put a skeleton in the Christmas tree. And, you know, like, and, and the I don't best, what's that about? <laughs> but the best part of Christmas is actually you can do that if you get into the whole Nightmare Before Christmas vibe, right? But all you've done then is just brought Halloween into Christmas. You just brought Halloween yeah. forward. And then if you look yeah. at other holidays, you got St. Patty's Day. That's just adults being drunk, right? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's true all the time. They're already yeah. doing that. So what's the point? <laughs> what's that about? So yeah, I, th- I think what it is, is the reason it's so good is because of that diversity. Uh, aspect to it. You could do whatever you want on Halloween. I think the real question is, how do you take these other holidays and transform them such that they have completely divergent, yet somehow it all makes sense uh, in the scope? Because the thing that unifies everything about Halloween is the costumes, Mm -hmm. right? Well, I get, but it's... it's actually, I think the thing that unifies it is actually the diversity in ways that you get to express yourself in it, right? Because... Like you said, there's something for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to go with any other – you don't have to involve yourself in any other part of it that you don't want to. But you still get to involve yourself, unlike say – You're like, I'm just here for the candy. Yeah, the but, person's right. like, I'm just here to be a sexy ghost. But like Thanksgiving, <laughs> the assumption is you're going to go hang out with your family no matter the cost and no matter how much everybody hates each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's the stereotype, right? But right. come hell or high water, you are visiting your family. You are hauling all of your kids over there. Nobody's happy, and you're stuffing <laughs> yourselves full until everybody feels like shit. And then you get on your expensive flight and go home, and you get COVID. Right? That's that is like what the holiday is. And everyone has this, everyone has, like that's the definition of it. Is that that's mm-hmm. the experience that everyone is supposed to have? Yeah. Okay. That's well, but, okay. Maybe maybe the reason Halloween ended up this way is because it doesn't actually have a particular reason to exist in the first place. Yeah, right. Because like uh, all the other holidays that I can think of that actually have sort of celebratory aspects to them are built around some kind of event, right? Mm-hmm. Or like, right? Uh, Thanksgiving is based on you know this weird story that is is true from several hundred years ago. We've got like Christmas is supposed to be a religious uh, holiday about the, the birthday of Jesus. But it's actually a co-opted like a, pagan festival that has nothing to do it's with actually, it. Right. Yeah. it. But but yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was co-opted and much like Easter, which is also about Jesus, but actually is about rabbits. Yeah. It's actually about you know, fertility. Spring, it's, a, it's a pagan fertility festival yeah. that has been converted into a religious holiday. Spring is about fertility. But the thing is, because so I'm reading about it right now, because I was like, Halloween has a rich... Uh, you know, origin story, like any great superhero, which is sure. it, was, it was a Celtic festival called Samhain, where people lit bonfires and wore costumes to ward off ghosts. Okay, this is like rad. because again, like everything's changing during this season, so it's it's a it's a weird things feel it's weird. Spooky. It's, it's kind, kind of spooky. darker than normal, yeah. but it's sometimes hot, but sometimes cold. But also, it hasn't been yeah. dark darker than normal for long enough that it's normal that it's darker, which is what yeah. winter is. So it's just yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's starting to get spooky. As it yes, so you're like, abnormally dark. So you're, yeah, so you're like, we need to <laughs> we need to do something about yeah. this. And but it's that's also Halloween is unlike all the other. So all the for the other all the other ones, you're supposed there's like there's stuff that you have to do. 
right? There's a collection of expectations about that holiday. For Halloween, you're actually doing things you're not supposed to do, right? Because like you're Maybe supposed to visit family. Okay. You're supposed to eat good food. You're supposed yep. to do all these things. You're not supposed to dress up in a fucking murderer costume. That is a mm-hmm. wild not, thing to do. Yeah. You're not supposed to take candy from strangers. No, you're not. You, n- you never do You're that. not even supposed to eat candy. It's bad for you. Yeah. Yeah. And so now listen, you take a whole <laughs> month where its whole thing is like, yeah, all those things that we all have collectively agreed are like inappropriate, like grownups doing things that are fun, you know, like mm-hmm. take all those things. We're like, you're not supposed People to do being sexy and do that. Like, Ugh, yeah, gross, quit it. Yeah. yeah. And then we like just imagine, say, imagine month, it's July. Imagine it's July and I just cover my roof with skeletons. <laughs> yeah. Which is there's awesome. Gonna, like we should have skeletons in our yards all the time, right? It's amazing. I'm going to have a homeowners association really breathing down my neck about that one. You know? Yeah. It's, but, it's uh, like the month you get to break all the rules and just like have a good time, but it's still in like a constrained way so that everybody understands what you're doing. Well, what oh I'm my God. It's it. the purge. It's the purge. But like emotionally. Yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> this is what I want to hear about from, from our podcast listeners, which is, for Thanksgiving and for Christmas, what are the what are the subversive things, kind of like what Halloween does, uh, that you could do, you know, alongside your usual activities for Thanksgiving or Christmas that would give us some of this diversity? You know, this is too big of a problem for us to solve in the last minutes of the podcast. So yeah, we need to broaden the rest of the holidays. Yeah, but I will say the, the easiest thing you can do to make the other holidays better is just involve skeletons. They are just great. Oh yeah, just. Put them in there. They change the tone. Mm-hmm. Skeletons are kind of the gateway drug uh, for a holiday to just open the door for other rambunctious activities. Once yeah. there's a skeleton in the Christmas tree, it's like, I mean, I feel like anything goes at this point. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, I'm, putting mm-hmm. a, I'm putting a lot of extra you know, stuff in my eggnog, and we're just going to see what happens. Okay. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster, for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net. We have links to everything. So just go there and click on them. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Go vote. Goodbye. Bye.